What are your thoughts? I understand the gravity of the responsibility that I have. It's like a relay race. I've got the baton, and I want to keep on sprinting. This transition is exciting. It's a little difficult in the sense that I'm going to miss Ken. I'm still going to be involved, but no longer at the anchor desk. I'm going to be doing special reports. A lot of them are going to center on climate change. You are putting the most perfect bow on your career. I'm the guy who brought these two together. <laughs> CTV and the Salvation Army want to thank you for helping us build a mountain of toys this holiday season. The gifts you gave went to thousands of kids in need. Your generosity made the difference. Because of you, we made children's dreams come true. On behalf of CTV and the Salvation Army, thank you for taking the time to give and share in the spirit of the season. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. Welcome to the program. It is time for our favorite show, the annual CTV Question Period Great Political Quiz. The New Year's is just days away. So this is the perfect time to look back on last year before heading into the new year. Joining us this year to vie for this incredibly valuable golden cup is the ever brilliant and dangerous Stephanie Levitz, reporter for the Canadian Press. Also joining us for the first time, the also brilliant Annie Bergeron Oliver, reporter for CTV <laughs> National News. Also, you may know this young up-and-coming reporter. He's broken a few stories. Bob Fife, the Global Mail's Ottawa Bureau Chief. And, yes, he's here, Don Martin, host of CTV Powerplay 2019 edition. Exactly. Before, <laughs> before he goes off and enjoys his life. Great to see everyone. Okay. What a moment now. It was another, before we start, let's look back. It was another busy political year. Check it out. I think uh, she has quite good arguments on her side. For a period of approximately four months between September and December of 2018, I experienced a consistent and sustained effort by many people within the government to seek to politically interfere in the exercise of prosecutorial discretion in my role as the Attorney General of Canada. You don't have uh, the right to wear a religious symbol because you are an authority and you represent by the power that the state gives to you. In 2001, uh, when I was a teacher out in Vancouver, I attended an end-of-year gala where the theme was Arabian Nights. And I uh, dressed up in an Aladdin costume and put makeup on. I shouldn't have done that. I should have known better, but I didn't. And I'm really sorry. My message to, to all the politicians around the world is, is the same. Just listen and act on the current best available United Science. It's not a big deal in, in Canada uh, to, for people to have dual citizenship. There are millions of Canadians who have had one or another parent uh, born in another country. And uh, as I said, I, I decided to, after I won the leadership, that I would, uh, I would uh, renounce my citizenship. To my fellow Canadians, it has been the greatest honour of my life to serve you for these past four years. And tonight, you're sending us back to work for you. There's a fire burning in the Prairie Provinces here, and what I am doing is offering the Prime Minister a fire extinguisher.
Always too fast. I just informed my colleagues in the Conservative Caucus that I will be resigning as the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. All right, so that reminds you of the year it was. Now, here are the rules. Each of the contestants here have a bell. Please only ring it after I finish answering or asking the question. Dawn. One point, exactly, one point for each answer. If you miss the answer, someone else gets a chance to steal. I might give bonus points. I may split points if one of you says something witty. Or informative. Wit matters. Okay. Right? Not witty. Okay, so are you all ready? I guess. I guess. As ever. <laughs> Here we then go. Then we'll discuss things. Let us start. The category begins okay. with foreign affairs. Oh, dear. Don't ring your bell yet. <laughs> <laughs> Question one. How long was John McCallum Canada's ambassador to China before he was fired earlier this year? Dawn. Two years. Two years! Don Martin gets the first point. Uh, I got one point. Uh, <laughs> Don is leaving now. That's all he wants to do. He's He's one and only I didn't want to be shut out. Batting a thousand. Question two. Map. Question two. What is the name of Canada's new ambassador to China? Oh, Annie. No, I actually have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Dominic what? Barton. Dominic Barton. Barton. All right. Annie takes the first pass. Three. <laughs> China placed trade bans on what Canadian product? Was that Dawn? Uh, well, okay, canola Dawn. and there was beef and pork as well. Yes! Oh, no, and what else are you missing? I didn't. I only asked for three of the four. Soybeans, yes, right. but he did get it. I have to give it to Don. <laughs> can we're going to give half a point. Yeah, he'll, we'll, give Don, we'll give Bob half a point for soya. We can never not reward soya. <laughs> Name three world leaders who were talking to Justin Trudeau during the hot mic moment. Oh, oh you rang. Macron. Macron. Boris Johnson. And, and yeah. the Netherlands guy. No, uh, and the, can we say Princess Anne? You can say Princess Anne. <laughs> and for a bonus point, who was that other leader? Oh no, don't put me on the spot it like was, this. It was uh, Mark. Mark Reut. Netherlands. Ruta. 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 I'll give you half a point. You get the full point there. Okay, here we go. Question five. Where was the NATO summit held? Yeah. London. London, right. How many seats did Boris Johnson's Conservative Party win in oh the recent UK oh election? Wow. Three, All of them. <laughs> Manny? 350? Three, I'm saying 369. Oh! 368. 370. 370. 365. That was humiliating. Uh, but that was a tough question. <laughs> um, does anyone know Boris Johnson's middle name? I've heard it's very weird. It's like Feffel or something. Who held up the ratification of the new NAFTA? Who held it up? Yes, Andy. The Americans? Yes, the U.S. Oh, Democrats. That was so oh. What is the name of the U.S. trade negotiator? Robert Lighthizer. That's right, Lighthizer. So are we yelling as well as No, bringing? Bob did yell. Bob got a... Oh, you're too fast. I'm not in a slow one. Okay, here's a bonus question, though. All right. Okay. Who is the Canadian, outside of Christian Freeland, who is the chief negotiator for the Canadians? Oh, we know Cool. No, Steve no. Verhul. Verhul. That's a bonus question. Uh, question nine. The U.S. ended tariffs on what two Canadian industries? Annie. Oh, no, sorry. I thought you were speaking China. Annie oh, just, just, oh, no. right. just rings now. You ring and say, I don't know the answer. Okay. That's not how it works. Annie, once you ring, I just want to explain a couple things. Once you ring, you do have to provide an answer. Here we go. Last, last question in this round. Too late. Which, which international city has seen ongoing massive pro-democracy demonstrations in the last... Hong Kong. 
fun. Oh, get that yelling out. <laughs> Old Yeller over here. Uh, okay, let's have a He's discussion. He's your bell over my bell. <laughs> oh, it's fun to work oh, with journalists, dear. isn't it? It's just so fun. Uh, let's talk about, Bob, we'll start with you. Biggest challenge, foreign affairs, in 2015, Justin Trudeau said Canada is back. Now we're into his second mandate. I don't know if Canada is back or not. I don't even know what that means, frankly. What's his biggest foreign affairs challenge? Uh, the biggest foreign affairs challenge is China. And not only do we have two Canadians who have been held hostage, uh, we have a trade embargo going on for some very important agricultural products that we talked about earlier. Um, and uh, China uh, is going to probably retaliate even more if Canada uh, agrees or bans Huawei from 5G technology in this country. And if it doesn't ban uh, Huawei and allows them to come in to uh, sell their 5G technology to our Canadian telecoms, the Americans are very likely going to respond pretty severely and likely cutting off some very important intelligence which Canadians rely on from the Americans. So. How we handle China this year is going to be crucial for both economic reasons, the fact we have Canadian hostages, and also from a national security area. Yeah. And right now, to be honest, we do not have an, a China, let alone an Asian policy. The Canadian government's position is, seems to be the Canada-China Business Council, which is let's do everything we can to trade with China and let's turn our blind eye to concentration camps for Uyghurs, human rights abuses on a massive scale, the rise of China with it, the way it's threatening countries, and of course the problems we are going on in Hong Kong. All right, and that's certainly a huge challenge. Steph, what's the biggest foreign policy challenge for the, the Trudeau government? Well, I think to leverage off what Bob is saying, I mean, part of it is the Trudeau government's a minority government. Right? And they're going to be severely hamstrung in how far they can go in developing policy and enacting policy, even in leaving the country. You know, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has to be prepared at any minute for his government to fall. He's fighting a domestic battle that's going to occupy a lot of time and a lot of attention. Um, and so how far is he willing to go on foreign policy maneuvers when he's coming up against, although we don't know who the next Conservative Party will be, a, a party that has been very aggressive against Justin Trudeau's right. foreign policy moves, and how far will they go to back anything he tries to do? And you, gotta, you can't write off the United States, even though we have NAFTA in place, that mercurial president... Not, we'll see what happens in the Senate with the impeachment, but you know he's still going to be very volatile heading into an election and campaign. And he's mad at Justin he's Trudeau. He's mad at yeah. Justin, two-faced Justin Trudeau. So I think the U.S. is still a huge challenge for Annie. I agree, it's China. I think that there's a lot of different areas here, and we've seen uh, the opposition, obviously, is going to keep pushing the Canadian government to get answers on China. They, you know, managed to win that vote in the House to be able to have a committee. So not only are they going to have issues with the Chinese, uh, especially, you know, with the Canadians that are there, they're going to have to make a decision on that. Uh, there's a potential trial for those two Canadians, as well as Bob was saying, the Huawei is a huge file. But also this is an issue that the, the Conservatives are clearly going to continue pushing, and so they're going to have to deal with answers in the House about how they're, they're moving forward uh, to try to kind of help the relationship with China. Yeah, and there's going to be questions. What does Canada represent on the world stage? What's the big win after now? It might, could be six years of Trudeau. What did we do? There's no landmine treaty. We haven't seen the Canada is back signature policy, so we'll figure that out. All right, uh, we got lots of quiz time to come. Uh, we're going to give the points. Let's look at the standings. There's a three-way tie for first place after the first <laughs> round. Don, Steph, and Bob all have three points. Annie has two. That is what we call politics. That's a well, it's a majority government. Now. <laughs> now it's a coalition. All right, we got to take a short break. The great uh, political quiz on question period comes back when we return. We take on the next big category, the election cycle. Stay with us right here as they vie.
See you back here that. Welcome back to part two of the great Canadian political quiz. As our contestants, Stephanie Levitz, Annie Bergeron Oliver, Don Martin, and Bob Fife vie for the golden coveted cup. That's plastic. Does Shh. everyone know that? Shh. <laughs> hey, you could take this on your golf courses and you can drink every hole out of it. I believe it's a single piece right. plastic. You can, you can pee in it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say There's anything. There's a coming. <laughs> Now, the, ele <laughs> the election took up a lot of political hot air this year, so let's get to part two of the quiz. Okay, are you guys ready? Yep. Yeah. Bells on, here it. we go. What was the name of the school Justin Trudeau taught at when he was caught doing blackface? All right, Annie. West Point Coastal Academy. No. West Point Gray Academy. Yes, yes. Yes, okay, Stephanie Lovitz gets that. What two pieces of information came to light during the election about Andrew Shear's biography? Well, that Bob, he broke him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. US, dual U.S. citizenship and the fact that he said he was an insurance broker and he wasn't. That is true, both true. By the way, Steph, just to explain, Ty goes to the person who broke the story. <laughs> That's how this works. <laughs> uh, the first day of the Liberal campaign was marred by what event? Annie. Was it the fact that they called it on September 11th? Mm, I wasn't marred, no. RCMP discussing the SNC-Lavalin scandal, saying that they weren't going to... Yes! Okay! I got that story. You can't say that for every story. The cops wanted the information. That is true. Okay, what do we do here, judges? What we'll do is we'll give each of you a half a point. What we were looking for was his campaign bus hit the campaign plane. Oh, insignificant stuff. No, no. We do big stuff. Big stuff. We do stuff that people care about. The difference between... That's all we... The difference between print and TV, right? By the way, no, it's okay. We didn't read, <laughs> we didn't read that story, plane. but the campaign plane pictures were amazing. <laughs> How many cabinet ministers failed to get elected? Annie. Two. Goodale and Sohi. Yes. Whoa. Bonus nice. question. We when go. was Ralph Goodale first elected federally? Oh. 1974. Yes! Oh. I actually knew that. Okay. Did you? Because you yes. covered it. Like it happened. <laughs> <laughs> we did not cover it. Ages and wins, Bob. Ages and wow. wins. All right. Uh, who was the only non-conservative MP to win a seat in Alberta and Saskatchewan? NDP. Yes. Heather McPherson. Heather McPherson, that's right. So I'm going to give a half a point because it's NDP. No, I get a whole point. I knew the name. I mean, you, get you get a whole point and you get a half point. <laughs> all right, all right. Who Weiner, is... right? <laughs> we're, apparently we're not doing half points, but we'll give you one. <laughs> what is, well, it's a minority government. Can yeah. we do half points? Who did Adam Vancouver beat in the election? Yes. Lisa Wright. Yes. In the riding of Milton. For an <laughs> extra point. No, 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 no. <laughs> what Olympic sport did he win? Canoe kayaking. Kayak. Kayaking, right? Do you guys just want one. to reward your own points <laughs> now? Is this how it works? Look at our knowledge. Uh, how many seats do the Bloc Quebecois now have in the House of Commons? 32, 32, 32. They had 10. It was 32, and Annie gets that. You were point. yelling 33. How many new faces are there in cabinet? Oh my gosh. I know how many well, are newly elected. How many there new are... faces are there? I'll try eight. Close, but no. 
No. Seven. Seven, and two of them are new is Anita Anand and... <laughs> Show off. And, uh, Dan Vandell, Deb Schulte, Mona Forte, Anita Anand, Marco Mendicino new in Cabinet, Steve Gilbo, and Mark Miller. And Here's Dan a bonus Vandell. question. Dan what, Vandell is new in Cabinet. Uh, what? Dan Vandell, I said. Oh, okay. And you're just trying to get more I bonus am, points. I am, I'm really trying. It's not working. Yeah. What language, besides French and English, does Indigenous Affairs Minister... Mohawk! Mohawk! One point each, that was a tie. Because he didn't bring that story. Wasn't that amazing? I should just tell people. Uh, Mark Miller, who's actually a very close friend of Trudeau's, um, and becomes a new minister, is a veteran, and he gave a speech, he's now the Indigenous Affairs Minister, in Mohawk, which was, I thought, pretty remarkable. Okay, let's do a quick speed round before we get uh -huh. to the discussion. Uh -huh. Who is the new Infrastructure Minister? Catherine McKenna. Okay, who's the new Health Minister? <laughs> yes, yes, for that. Who's the new Minister of Diversity, Inclusion, and Youth? Bernie That goes to Stephen. Who's the new International Development Minister? Gould. Yes. Who's the new National Resources Minister? Seamus O'Regan. Who's the new Labor Minister? Oh, oh, Philomena oh, Tassi. Tassi, you're right, for Steph Levitz. Who's the new Environment Minister? Wilkinson. I said that one first. Yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> what? Okay, Steph, go, go, let's go back to the election. Um, Justin Trudeau's trying to explain what happened to his majority. Uh, amazingly, Andrew Scheer got, what, 26 more seats and lost his job over it. <laughs> Everyone else lost seats and kept their job. Um, what's the big takeaway for the Trudeau, for the Conservatives? What's the big message this the electorate sent to all the parties in this minority? I think a little bit is get on with the business of the nation, stop some of this, um, you know, partisan infighting. And, you know, when we were joking before about the plane versus the RCMP story, I think that there was, you know, an appetite for some act activity during the election on policy. There wasn't a lot of discussion about policy. Maybe we bear the brunt of some of that argument, right? Um, but I think Canadians just aren't sure. They're not sure about the opposition. They're not sure about the Liberals. And so it means that both parties have to go really far to prove themselves as worthy of governing. I think they were telling Justin Trudeau, get serious. Like, stop with the rolled-up shirt sleeves, the loose and tie, the gender stuff, the photo ops. Get down to the business of the nation. And you know what? He's actually received that message pretty well. If you've noticed since the election, you see him in business suits. You see him very cagey when it comes to photo ops. He doesn't play games anymore. And they just couldn't stomach themselves voting for Andrew Scheer. So Trudeau got the message in a minority parliament. And then there's the rise of the bloc, and yeah. then the Conservatives are now in a leadership race. And yeah. what message do they get from this election? Well, obviously, the Conservatives got the message that their policies were not working for them, that there wasn't enough substance, and that, you know, I think a lot of Canadians are in the middle and they don't know where to go and they need change. And I think that's what the Conservatives heard after this election, was that what they were proposing is not working. And I think their struggle with the leadership campaign is going to be, how do you straddle that middle? I think there's a lot of Conservatives who are fiscally conservative, but they're far more progressive socially. And I think that was the problem you saw in the leadership race before, was that with Maxime Bernier, the party did move a lot further right. So now you have people like Aaron O'Toole, who's apparently jumping in, potentially Rona Ambrose, and they are more progressive. But how are those individuals going to win the leadership, considering the fact that there are a lot of social conservatives in the party? And I think what this election told us is that that's not the direction that most Canadians want to go in. Well, big takeaways. Well, the Conservatives have to uh, develop a credible environmental plan, one that's not ripped out of the pages of the oil industry. Two, they have to be able to uh, appeal to urban uh, voters, which where they fail to do so. And that means, you know, you can, wa you can actually uh, walk in a pride parade, um, you know, and that we've moved on 
from the whole issue of abortion a long, long time ago. So if you want to win power, stop being single issues. In terms of the Liberals, uh, their, their Achilles heel has always been entitlement and arrogance. And Mr. Trudeau demonstrated that in the last four years. I do not think he's learned his lesson yet. And uh, even though he's uh, trying, to, uh, 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 trying to show a bit of humbleness, I don't really see real evidence of that. And, and unless he gets deals seriously with the economy and the kind of spending that, he's, that he, we are seeing uh, and the Conservatives get a decent leader, they're going to take the Liberals down because they are spending like wildfire. Yeah. I also think this is a break-it time for the NDP as well. You saw Mr. Singh, he got a lot of momentum <clears throat> during the election, and unfortunately that didn't follow through for him during the actual voting period. So now he is the fourth party, but there was this momentum. There were a lot of Canadians who wanted to vote for the NDP who were paying attention to Mr. Singh during the election campaign. So I think for him, especially with an election potentially a year or two away, how do you capitalize on that? How do you get Canadians listening to you again right. and how do you present yourself as somebody yeah, who but the could bottom buy line for is they lost seats they did they, they, this was not a win for the NDP they no. lost a whole yeah. lot of seats yeah. he was just he was just lucky yeah right? I, I'm they wondering if they have any self-reflection I mean, they've declared victory and they've lost 50 percent of their well, their I mean, seats since 2015 and yet they've declared victory I don't know if that's the kind of post-mortem you want to get about the election right like if you look at the mix Andrew Scheer won seats Andrew Scheer mm -hmm. increased his party's vote Justin Trudeau is sitting prime minister loses seats is you know displayed, right. raked across the coals by voters. He keeps his job, Sheer loses his job, Jugmeet loses seats, mm -hmm. loses support, doesn't raise any money, also keeps his job. Politics is very weird. Probably the most saying. interesting thing about the election, other than the obvious, was who is this Maxime Bernier you referred to? I mean, he yeah. represented things that were so un-Canadian, whether it's environment, doubting climate change, whether it was, you know, I, it, was, it was just a, a full repudiation of what he stood for, which is kind of encouraging. Yeah, well, actually, Ryan, I think what's Ryan. great about this, if I may say so, is that Canadians repudiated bigotry and intolerance, yep. because that's what that party stood for, and they didn't elect a single one. But did they, and, 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 all right, I got to take a break. A great discussion, and, and of course, the rise of the bloc, which no one saw, and that's a whole, whole other issue. All right, so let's take a look at the standings right now. Uh, Stephanie Levitz has taken a big lead. I'm leaving. 11 uh, points. <laughs> Bob is in second with eight points. I'm, Annie is in third uh, with I seven. Up in the world. And Dawn is in fourth place with a trip to Hawaii coming up <laughs> in five <laughs> points. Now, you can make it up, Dawn. Don't worry. Just coming leave, up. He's ringing the bell. The next category, as we vie for the, the Great Cup, we'll take a look at the provinces and lots more. Stay with us right here on CTV's Crest with Marie. Welcome back to the Question Period Great Political Quiz Show. There's a lot of dissension among the ranks with Stephanie Levitz, Annie Bergeron Oliver, Don Martin, and Bob. I have lots of complaints about my bell wasn't heard. I'm not saying anything. Not everyone's complaining. <laughs> Don Martin. Anyway, <laughs> let's well, move I'm on. Losing. It's understandable. <laughs> let's move on to our, to our right, uh, next category. This is the provinces who are playing a big role. Here's the first question. How many provinces had elections this year? Annie. Five. No. Northwest Territories, Alberta, Manitoba, yeah. PEI, and New Brunswick. You're right if we had said provinces and territories. Oh, come oh, on. Four, then. You, can't yeah, ignore, <laughs> you can't ignore the territories. Okay, we'll give it, it to you. All five. We'll give it to you. Why? Okay. Because, as usual, you're above and beyond the call of duty. <laughs> what is the name of PEI's new premier? Dawn. Um, King is his last name. Dennis King. That's yeah. it. Last Dennis name King. King. Dennis King. Well done. Nine points for Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> what is the only province expected to have a provincial election next year? 
Yes. BC? No. no. Could oh, be. Could be. Yeah, that's like true. Half a point? Half a point? I expected, though. Saskatchewan. Yeah. Saskatchewan is the right <laughs> answer. Don gets, as usual, a halo, but no point. Uh, which provincial political leader and question period regular announced his resignation this year? Oh. Premier? Again? No. Which, uh, which provincial political leader? Is he a Green Party leader? Yes. But I don't know his name. Okay. Andrew Weaver. Andrew Weaver, you get the point. Do I get half a point for no, that? No, you do not. You didn't have to name <laughs> him. No, you don't. Don, we also, Don gets some pity points right now. <laughs> which <laughs> province abandoned its legal challenge of the federal carbon tax? You were even happened. Which, uh, which provinces have active cases for bonus money? Alberta and Saskatchewan. Yes, and? Ontario. Yes. Uh, okay, I'll give you both a point. Uh, how much is Alberta's industrial carbon tax right now? $30 a ton. You didn't ring your bell, but I did it too. <laughs> how, how, long, how long was construction suspended on the Trans Mountain Pipeline before it resumed this December? A year? 18 months. 18 months? This is a tough 18 one. months? Oh, 24 months. 15 oh. months. Oh, my gosh. That was a tough question. That was tough. That was 1,100 kilometers long. Don gets <laughs> another one. <laughs> He's trying to get a bonus point. Okay, let, let's talk about the provinces who, you know, prairie alienation became the big theme. Mm -hmm. And I'll start with you on this one, Don. Um, Post-election, all of a sudden, we, you know, when Trudeau was elected in 2015, everybody, I think, but Brad Wall in Saskatchewan was uh, a red province or a green province. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the uh, biggest provincial challenge? Is it prairie alienation for Trudeau? I would think so, uh, although we've seen some very kumbaya kind of moments since then, which I think is just a recognition that Trudeau's here for a couple years. Kenny can't go bashing him nonstop and then complain that Alberta's being ignored in Ottawa. So I think they're trying to have a detente on this thing. It doesn't mean that they're all uh, peace, harmony, and love and kisses, but it's, it's this recognition, I gotta work with this guy. That doesn't mean alienation's going down. It doesn't mean the Wexit movement's gonna die. It just means that everything's gonna take a kinder, a softer tone. It is amazing what a government with billions of dollars happily to spend <laughs> does to provincial relations, yeah. Stephanie Levitz. What, how has Trudeau got to handle the prairie alienation movement and the powerful voice of Jason Kenney? I think part of it is to look for the relationship that Quebec has with Ottawa, because what I'm finding fascinating in the aftermath of the election is watching Saskatchewan and Alberta begin to clamor for the same kind of powers and authority over internal affairs that Quebec has over theirs. Immigration is a really good example of this, right? Quebec has its own power with Ottawa to negotiate how many immigrants it takes, who they take, how that all shakes out. And now you're seeing Saskatchewan in particular ask for exactly that power. And so what you're seeing is a change in the federation, a change in the shape of the federation under Justin Trudeau, which, you know, we, one wonders what his legacy might be after the fact. And, and it could very well be this, a decreased amount of federalism, centralization, and more power to the provinces. From the distinct society era to distinct society and maybe that's where we're moving, Annie. Yeah, and I think it's going to get more complicated as the Trudeau government continues to push forward on stronger emissions and more climate-focused. Obviously, that's what Mr. Trudeau keeps talking about, how climate is their number one issue, the environment. But I think that also comes into the prairie alienation because those conservative premiers don't want to have more emissions. They, they're afraid that the Trudeau government is not listening to their concerns about how important the oil and gas industry is to them. And you have the conservatives as well. You know, you heard them in the throne speech talking about the fact that there was not a single mention... Uh, 
uh, specifically about the Prairie Provinces. There was one line about oil and gas. So I think that this is really going to be the, the provinces hitting in the head with the Trudeau government as they push their climate policies forward. But, Bob, that's not the only issue. They, they have to deal with, they, they're talking about pharmacare, provincial jurisdiction. They've got a lot of promises to the provinces in a minority government. What's the challenge as he deals with a much more robust series of provincial leaders who aren't necessarily on side with him? Well, first of all, I don't think that... Uh, uh, prairie alienation is going to be eliminated uh, with this government because they do not see eye to eye with this government on with the with Trudeau government on, on anything. In terms of the more uh, the, the larger challenges facing the Trudeau government, uh, farmer care, I think, is dead almost from the from the t time it's talked about because it's so it's so expensive. And what the pre premiers are saying is, we need money for basic health care services. All across the provinces, virtually everybody is saying this. Uh, and so where, how is he going to try to bring in a very expensive pharma care program when the provinces are saying, look, and anybody in that understands the Canadian health care system know it's challenged. They need money into getting beds and, 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 and essential services that are needed, not pharma care. So I don't think this is going to work. Wow, and that's going to be challenging because the provinces, staff, they want money, but this is, a, this is something he might need to shore up support in a minority government on the left-wing flank. Can he abandon pharmacare? I mean, to a point, right? I mean, look at the deficit projections that they released earlier this year and the deficit climbing and climbing. And, you know, there's an argument to be made that the larder, to some extent, is barren, as Bob so rightly points out. When you need basic services, right, what is the point of coming in? It's like an international development. When, you know, countries go into a, a war-torn country and start promising all of these high-level things, and what people need is electricity and they need roads, right? And so it's the same in the provinces. They need beds. People, it's flu season, yeah. mm -hmm. and people are in a hallway for 15 hours. They exactly. get their medication covered. I mean, really, is that the priority for the premiers? And should it be the priority for the opposition parties who are clamoring for pharmacare? Maybe they, yeah. too, need to have a think. Right. The NDP is not going to take them down because they didn't do a pharmacare no. program. So he's got a free reign to do fix the health care system ahead of uh, pharmacare. Well, it's interesting. Remember Paul Martin, the fix for a generation was, we'll give you money, strings attached. That yep. was wait times. Stephen Harper said, we'll give you money no strings attached. Justin Trudeau, maybe more strings You know what, attached. I think farmer care is like Paul Martin and Jean Chrétien's daycare. They promised at every election and it never happened. Mm. Well, <laughs> all right, let's look at the standings because these are real and they are here. Stephanie Levitz is still in the lead with 220, no, just kidding, with 12 <laughs> points. Bob and Annie are now tied at 10. I'm still Don is climbing, climbing up. He's got eight points and a lot of sympathy. Coming up, which counts. Let's look at the scandals that rocked the government this past year. We'll look ahead. Lots more to come in the great Canadian political quiz right here on Question Period. Stay with us. Welcome back to Question Period's great Canadian political quiz vying for the Golden Cup. Stephanie Levitt, Annie Bergeron, Oliver, Don Martin, and Bob Fife. All right, this might favor somebody here who might have broken a couple stories on scandals. <laughs> Bob Fife, this is the scandal section. All right, are you ready? And then we might sneak in some policy questions. What was the reason behind the cabinet shuffle that sparked the SNC-Lavalin affair? Don. Well, Scott Bryson. Scott Bryson's resignation. Right. Blame Scott Bryson for, for everything. everything. Right. <laughs> what position did Jody Wilson-Raybould get shuffled to Veteran. before leaving the county? Bob. Veterans. Veterans Affairs, right. Who was the head of the Privy Council at the center of the Michael Warnick. 
one for one. I'm gonna give it to Bob. Tie goes to the person who broke the story, which you guys mean you better, <laughs> you better get in there really to early. Steal the bell. I'm uh, <laughs> who was the first person to resign as a result of the SNC lab? Jordy Wilson Rabel. Bob's coming after. <laughs> Where did Justin Trudeau first meet his former principal advisor, Jerry Butts? Yale University. Yale University. The federal government settled a court case this year with what high-level defense official? Norman. Mark Norman. That's right, Admiral Mar Vice Admiral Mark Norman. Bonus question. Oh dear. Don't get in here. All right. I'm what trying. was the name of the lawyer who represented Mark Norman? Annie. Mary Heinen. Marie Heinen. Marie Heinen. That's right. Okay. What country? Close enough. We'll give it to you. What country publicly shamed Canada for abandoning dozens of shipping containers full of garbage? Yes, Philippines. Philippines, that's right. What international figure told Justin Trudeau he's not doing enough to fight climate change? Oh. Don. Oh, oh, Wait, oh. Greta Thunberg. Greta, Greta Thunberg. Oh, yeah. Greta Thunberg. <laughs> you pulled an Annie. That's okay. Ring first, answer later. Don't be embarrassed. Premature eringination there is fine. <laughs> it's an issue we can deal with. According to the report commissioned by the federal government, how much will Pharmacare cost when fully implemented? Oh, Don't 15 one? billion? Yes, 15 oh, billion. Nice. For five oh, points. Oh, Ten oh, points. Ten points. Good. And yeah. a free prescription. What? <laughs> I don't need it. I'm almost a senior. <laughs> <laughs> what items did Canada Pledge to ban as part of its climate policy. Yes, uh, Annie. Including the cup. <laughs> what became legal this fall as part of the federal government? Edibles, 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 edibles. edibles, edibles. Will anyone try edibles this year when it's legal? No one answers that. Uh, we got to get question. across the border. When are edibles, that's right, when are edibles expected to hit the shelves? Well, New Year, the Next New Year, month. January. They're supposed to come in, they're supposed to start here in some provinces, but in January and others. January. Not that I'm interested. Don knows, and he knows purely from a culinary point of view. Bring the Lithuanian to Florida. Don't, right. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about scandals. Maybe I'll start with Fife on this one. Um, uh, SNC-Lavalin was the, one of the defining features. Uh, what were the, not only the defining features, but what's their residual impact on the government of all these scandals? Well, I mean, the government dropped 10 points uh, during this scandal because the, uh, the Prime Minister, first of all, um, uh, said that uh, the, the allegations that he, the government had pressured Jody Wilson-Raybould were not true in the Globe. Uh, and then it became clear that it was true because she testified, and then we had the Ethics Commissioner's report, who just raked the government over the coals for it. So I think this had a big impact on why Mr. Trudeau uh, ended up with a minority government. But a more significant area is that I think it's, it's going to make it very, very difficult now for corporations to try to lobby people in the Prime Minister's office to overrule federal prosecutors to get uh, deferred prosecution agreements. To me, that was the most significant thing, because if we allow corporations who are being charged with serious crimes to hire a bunch of high-priced uh, lobbyists to go to the prime minister's office and twist arms, and then they go to the, uh, the justice minister and say, we're going to let them off with a deferred prosecution agreement. We're in trouble as a country. Uh Annie, you want to weigh in on uh, the long tail of the scandals that uh, afflicted Justin Trudeau and his government? Well, it was obviously a massive communication failure on the part of the Prime Minister's office. As Bob was saying, they initially said that this story was completely false and was not true. Well, that wasn't the case. And what ended up happening is this story dogged them for months and months and months. And um, I think that was the problem. They were not able to get through a lot of policy or have a lot of serious discussions outside of that because it was the question that everybody was asking because essentially it comes down to the integrity of the Prime Minister and it comes down to a lot of the allegations that people have about the Trudeau government that they're not listening 
frightening to a lot of Canadians, that they're not listening to, you know, their critics, and that they're going to implement whatever policies they want and move forward with that. And also, you know, it tied into a lot of the questions about whether the Prime Minister was indeed a feminist. A lot of people said that, you know, he was, in 2015, that, that famous line, oh, it's 2015, we're going to make it gender balanced. Well, I think that this also called into question in part because Ms. Wilson-Raybould is a woman, and a lot of people were saying, would you have done the same situation to a man? Yeah, the brand damage to Trudeau mm -hmm. and his feminist credentials is, is big. But also, think of the residual damage in the cabinet. This is, I think, by any definition, a weak cabinet. Inexperienced in many ways. I don't see any real stars other than Christopher Freeland coming out of it. You lost two. Two that I think we are both would are, all of us would agree were pretty strong ministers in their various capacities. Jody wilson Raybould and Jane Philpot, and Jane Philpot's now an ex MP. And I think that that's that that did some damage to the cabinet's credibility and certainly its strength. I think too. I mean, to, to just jump on both your points, it, it talks about how Justin Trudeau promised to do politics differently. Let, let's move beyond the gender balance thing, right? He promised more accountability, more transparency, bringing new voices to the cabinet table and listening to those voices, more inclusivity. Mm -hmm. What this demonstrated was that. Just joking. You know, that I'm going to do it my right. way, I'm going to do it the political way, and, and how much of this was for show. But I think it also spoke to, and if permit me a moment, the power of journalism. And that we're at a time, with, with total respect to my colleague Bob Fife, we're at a time where, you know, people say that we're all fake news and we're all everything. No. This was dogged reporting that exposed the very inner workings of government, and it is what we do. It's at the heart of what we do and shows that it matters. All right. Uh, let me take a break here. You're absolutely right. And we'll talk about maybe what policies change the channel. Can they accomplish anything as we start talking about policy? But that's coming up. Well, let's look at the standings now. Uh, Stephanie Levitz maintains her lead with 16. Bob has the edge on Annie with 13, Annie at 12. Oh, okay. Don is knocking at the door with 11. This is Don't becoming worry. a pattern. <laughs> I thought I got five points for one of those. Okay. Remember, the person in the lead who got the most points in politics may lose their job. Ask Andrew <laughs> Shearer. That's, that's the way it works here. Oh, dear. Okay, All right. I know. Coming, yeah. coming up, we're talking about the opposition mind. parties and some of the key policies that they may work on the government to get through or to block. Lots more to come on the battle for the coveted Golden Quiz Cup. Stay with Question Period. Welcome back to the Great Canadian Political Quiz. I know. Levis, Bergeron, Oliver, Martin, and Fife. What they're doing smartly, tactically, is they're trying to get their... This is the double point round, the last round, so they're just trying to ring their bells early. Ready? There's a punishment. No, there is not. Okay, this is for opposition parties. I just love this quiz, especially because I have the answers and they don't. Okay, are you ready? Opposition parties will be a big factor, Fife. This is how he gets all his scoops, right? Uh, There'll be a big factor. It's a minority government. So the opposition is much more relevant than sometimes in a, in a majority situation. So here we go. When was Andrew Scheer elected leader of the Conservative Party? 2017. May 2017. Okay, 1.8. Oh, how, how many candidates were on the ballot for that in the Conservative leadership? 13. 13 is right for Don. Oh, Double points. Don's oh. coming back. That first one, you each get one point. You oh. don't get two points each. Um, who is the head of the Conservative Fund that was reportedly fired over Andrew Shear's children's private school oh, tuition? No, Justin Van Vogel. Justin Van Vogel. Oh, well, 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 he's not the head of the fund. Okay, so you get a point, you get a point, and you just chastise the quiz so you get a point. Three, just one point is for that. What was the name of Jagmeet Singh's memoir that he published? Oh, gosh. Oh. 
Oh, what does he all like to say? He's famous. Bargain bin special. Love, <laughs> love and courage. Love and courage. Love and courage. You're not getting that because I said love. I said love. I think that was the slogan for his campaign that, as well. That was not enough was love and too though. much courage. <laughs> um, okay. What about hope and hard work? Who is the interim oh leader of the Green Party God. after Elizabeth? Joanne yeah. Roberts. Joanne Roberts. Ooh, Ooh. I, I, How long was Elizabeth May the leader of the Green Party of Canada? Oh my God! All the years, thirteen years. Ring a bell. Thirteen years. Elizabeth May got married this year. What's the name of her husband? Oh. Oh. John. John. Willing. No. William. Superman. Superman. Kidder. 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 Yes. John Kidder. <laughs> Actually, I think it's John. It's it's, it's Margot Kidder's brother. Right. That's right. Oh, right. Is that right. What riding did he run in for a bonus point? Abbotsford. Mission. Max Green Fraser uh, Canyon. Oh, wow. who Include beat Maxime Bernier in the Bose? Oh, oh what's oh, his name? Oh, oh, oh. I was concerned about Mayor Michel Lehu. Ah. Or as we like to say on this panel, Lehu. <laughs> okay, that does it. We'll tally this up. Let's talk about the opposition. Um, uh, and I'll start with you, uh, Annie Bergeron Oliver. The opposition was supposed to be holding Trudeau's feet to the fire, and then all of a sudden, Andrew Scheer resigns. Uh, what does that mean for Justin Trudeau looking for support, and what the Conservatives have to do in the next, I don't know, eight or nine months as they're choosing a leader? Well, I mean, I think Justin Trudeau and his party are clearly you know, having a sigh of relief at the moment because it's going to be very difficult for the Conservatives to truly hold their feet to the fire when they, you know, have an interim leader, well, leader who's sort of interim leader, and they have a leadership race. Because if you're being realistic, they're not going to vote down any type of confidence motion with Andrew Scheer still as leader. So I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off Mr. Trudeau, and I think that puts the Conservatives in a tough position in terms of holding their feet to the fire sure. because they but can't the go to the election at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's a good news for, uh, bad news for Trudeau in the longer run because he gets replaced by someone that could be a much bigger threat. I don't know if it's going to be Peter McKay. We don't know if it's going to be Ron Ambrose. Who it's going to be, but anyone's going to be better than Andrew Scheer unless the Conservatives, as Stephanie has said in the past, maybe they don't, they pick from within. They pick someone weak that we don't expect that would do a good job. But it's, it seems to me that right now, uh, whoever they get in the next go-around will be better than the one they have. Well, so long-term game. No, I think also, though, I mean, politics in the House of Commons plays out on two tracks, right? There's what you see in question period, and, and then there's that back and forth. But then there's the actual work of the House of Commons, which is in committees. And conservatives love process. They love arguing. They love deliberating. And what they really are going to love is hijacking every single <laughs> one of these committees. So it's one thing for Andrew Scheer, and, you know, it's a bit of cognitive dissidence, I'm sure, when he's going to be standing up in the House of Commons peppering Trudeau with questions. But at the committee level, mm -hmm. where they can have, the, you know, with the, with the help of other parties, have the majority committee forced the agenda, forced Jody Wilson-Raybould back into the House to testify, take over the chair of justice, force um, the China issue. They can force a lot of stuff at committee. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. This is, um, he, the, the government is not going to fall, but it is not going to be an easy time for Justin Trudeau. We've already seen that. The parties got together and passed a motion uh, to tell the government that they should pay uh, the native children, uh, that the, inter child, the, welfare the child welfare issue, that the Human Rights Commission uh, has been arguing with them in court over. And then we saw the parties get together and vote down the first defeat for the Liberals in setting up a China-Canada committee, a very serious mm -hmm. committee that's going to be looking at all of these issues we talked about earlier in the show. You are going to see every step of the way this government getting beaten up by the opposition parties 
at the committee level and also on certain votes in the House of Commons mm -hmm. that yeah. will not be uh, motions of confidence, but motions that will put the government on a hot spot. Do, yeah. Just real quick, Don, does it hurt the government if the bloc keeps saying, you know what, we're happy to support you, we won the electoral lottery, we will support you, so they become the only dance partner, which gives Jagmeet Singh a freebie to kind of look a little more robust. What, what's your take well, on that? Well, I think that the, the bloc supporting the government isn't something that resonates in the real world. They'll judge people, the Trudeau government, by its accomplishments so they can get past. If it's dance partners, the bloc, that's one thing or another, but you're right. Jagmeet Singh can stand up and say, I oppose this, I oppose this, I'm joining. But he doesn't want to help the Conservatives either. He doesn't want to look like he's aligned with the Conservatives. So I think he's probably a little soft. And what does the staff policy, I mean, let's get at what governments have to do. They mm -hmm. might face the electorate again in 18 yeah. months, and Trudeau's going to have to say, here's what I actually accomplished. What does he need to accomplish in the next year to 18 months before we basically go back into a war footing, an election war footing. Well, potentially some of it is just keeping the country out of a recession. I mean, yeah. that's going to be job one for him because as soon as the economy begins to falter in, in a real and meaningful way across the country, that's how he loses his job because that's how prime ministers are defeated. They're defeated on the economic questions of the day. And you can be sure that the Conservatives are going to hold them to account on that measure. And that's going to be job one for him. And it's going to be about China. It's going to be about the U.S.-Mexico-Canada uh, free trade agreement. It's going to be about all all these pieces, getting all these things out the door, actually moving for people. So he looks like he's doing and something. And what is he going to do on the environment? Because we know that that is an issue that resonates. And we saw a million young people come out uh, during the election campaign. And they, they talk a good game on the environment. Okay, we'll get rid of some straws. Uh, but they haven't met any of their commitments. Mm -hmm. And that's going to matter to a lot of voters, particularly in urban areas, particularly younger people who do deeply care about the environment. And I think all of this is actually very good for the Canadian electorate. As you were saying, it's not going to be an easy year or two years potentially for the Trudeau government. There's going to be a lot of procedural things. It's going to be difficult, but I think this is ultimately what Canadians were asking for. It was a very divided electorate. You saw a lot of people not know where to vote, and it shows that in the results. And I think for Canadians, they're going to see a lot more partisanship. It's and, not going to be as strong and people working together. And we should get better legislation. Exactly. Because right now, in a majority government, it's written by the, by the bureaucrats. More input. And it goes right into the House. It's never changed except occasionally in, in the Senate. Now you're going to see committees say, we don't like, we're going to have, we're going to hear from witnesses and we're going to change the legislation. That's or, better yeah. for the or country. Or it goes the other way and Trudeau pulls a Harper in 2008 and says, nothing is working, I can't get anything done, I have no agenda, and he yanks the plug himself, right? All right, uh, last word, Don. About what? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 okay, let's no election in 2020. There's the best prediction you got going. I will say, as Steph said, governments uh, fall maybe on the economy, the two E's, ethics and the economy. Maybe for this government, as Bob said, the third E is the environment. So those will be the things to watch. All right, time for the scores. I know that's what you really it's care about. In fourth place, or as we call in politics, the gold medal, uh, <laughs> Don Martin has 15 points. <laughs> there is a tie, a new coalition for second place, and it is the old Annie Bergeron over Bob yes. Fife. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Wow, <laughs> it's a lot. Which means the winner. Uh, this means I'm this gonna lose my job. The great Canadian. Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say 
say a couple things before we go. First of all, thanks. The, the political quiz is really hard. Thank our fabulous contestants. Congratulations to Stephanie Levitz. Don, uh, I know that you're going to be taking some time off. We will miss you. Okay. You are loved and respected, and yeah. we will miss you here. And thanks for doing this. It's just All a right. great pleasure. You'll be back soon, believe me. Uh, I, I, Next perhaps year. when I get bored on the beach. Yes. <laughs> that might take longer than I thought. <laughs> all right, and thank all of you for watching. Uh, have a safe and wonderful new year. It's going to be a great political season ahead, and we will be back here in seven short days. Thanks for watching.